Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the Championship Roundtable. I'm your host, Jake Jackman, and you can reach us at the show by emailing us, championshiproundtable at gmail.com. Hi, I'm James Vickers. I'm the Press and North End representative on the podcast. You can reach me on Twitter at underscore James Vickers, and I also write for a Preston North End fan blog, which is Clark at thebackpost.wordpress.com. It's Kevin Markey, editor of Leeds United Mad, uh, Leeds United underscore Mad on Twitter. Um, Leeds United website, an independent website that says everything about what Leeds fans think about the club at the moment. And um, that's about it. And I'm also James, uh, James Evans or Jevons might be easier because there's two Jameses. And you can get me at Jimmy Evans on Twitter. I also run We Are QPR TV, which is on YouTube and WQPR TV on Twitter. Thanks so much for joining us today, guys. We'll start off making rounds so where each of us have a few minutes to discuss what's been happening at our clubs this week. There's been a couple of games this week, so if you want to talk about both of them, that's okay. We'll start with you, James. Preston uh, got a win over Burton yesterday. What are your thoughts on the past week at Preston? Yeah, it's been a mixed one for us, really. As you said, we got the win against Burton yesterday, which was nice after two, I'd say, poor results against, albeit teams that are higher in the league than us. But if we want to be challenging for the playoffs, they're the kind of games, especially back-to-back home games, that we need to really be picking up more points than we did in. Burton yesterday was by no means our best performance of the season. But after, yeah, as I said, those two games, it was important by any means possible to get a win, which we did. The defence was solid. They created not too many chances really it's just going forward which has really sort of been our problem all season we're creating chances we're just missing that clinical finisher who can can put them away and really win us games when we're not in sort of fine form um going back though to uh the sheffield wednesday game earlier on in the week we battered them from start to finish and yeah as i said missing out on that clinical player up front as proved costly again I think it was Sheffield Wednesday's first shot on target uh, in the 94th minute which they scored from which was a bit of a sucker punch because it's one of the best home performances we've put in all season but it was just important yesterday to get back to winning ways keep up with that chasing pack for the playoffs especially going into the Arsenal game in the FA Cup this weekend we needed to go in in a bit of form so the lads can almost relax now this week it should be uh, an enjoyable week for them with the media that surrounds obviously Arsenal coming to town and hopefully put in a good performance and see what that takes us on Saturday yeah just looking at the stats from yesterday's game now uh, it looks like Burton had quite a lot of possession and, and had quite a lot of shots although they didn't get one on target I think it was just Preston's experience that sort of got them the points in the end yeah, it seemed to be. We, Even though we've only been back in the Championship now for the full season last year and then this season, quite a lot of our players have Championship experience. I think Burton, they're a decent enough side, but I think two promotions on the bounce is always going to sort of hurt you when you get into that sort of higher division and you've more or less then got to start rebuilding your squad almost, as it were, to, to challenge in the Championship. They had a lot of possession, but didn't sort of really create too many clear-cut chances. I can't remember Chris Maxwell in net for us sort of having a meaningful save to make. And yeah, as she said, it's just that championship experience which we've got now. Got some sort of exciting players going forward, although they didn't produce yesterday. But it's just having that little bit of know-how to, when you're not playing well, see out games and keep that clean sheet and snatch a goal on the break like we did. Yeah, moving on to Leeds now, Kevin. Uh, a good win yesterday over Rotherham and a draw against Aston Villa earlier on the week. How are you feeling about Leeds and their playoff hopes at the moment? Um, yeah, I'm really pleased with the way things are going at the moment. Um, we were very clinical in the second half against Rotherham after a very dire 
first half where we actually made Rotherham look a good team for the first 45 minutes. Uh, the second half it was a different story. Got a nice early goal, and Chris Wood got a couple of goals, which you know he's got 16 for the season now. He looks a very accomplished championship striker. Um, really pleased with Gary Monk. Obviously, he had to take Sacco off at half time because he had an injury, but he sent on young lad uh, Ronaldo Vieira, and he sort of transformed the second half. Really, his, his midfield passing was absolutely brilliant. Took the pressure off uh, Liam Bridcut was. The enforcer, really, if you like, in the side, who sort of breaks up things a, a lot and tries to get play moving. But Vieira's passing was absolutely, for an 18-year-old, absolutely so impressed with the guys. It's untrue, and hopefully he's got a big future ahead of him with Leeds. Um, and hopefully we'll see more of him as well. A bit disappointed, really, with the Villa game. I thought we should have... Once we went 1-0 up, I think we should have really got that second goal to kill the game off, but we couldn't manage it. And we hit the woodwork a couple of times, gave away a stupid penalty in the last few minutes. So really annoyed, really, that we didn't get maximum points from the uh, the two games. But uh, Villa obviously unbeaten at home, so you got to say a point at Villa Park is a good result. But on reflection, when you look at the game... It's a game we possibly should have got more of to, to sort of um, ease ourselves in the playoffs a bit more because we, we are a good few points ahead of Derby now, five points. And it's going to be a crucial game against them on the 13th at Ellen Road. If we if we win that, then obviously we're going to have a, a bigger space between us for the playoffs. But in between that, obviously, we've got a nice uh, FA Cup tie at Cambridge at, uh, on a Monday evening. Nice trip to Cambridge <laughs> for BT Sport. Um, obviously, they're hoping for an upset there. Um, but hopefully, we can get through and get a, a big name in the next round uh, of the Cup and uh, keep the good feeling going around the club at the moment. Yeah, I just want to ask you about your goal difference, because when I'm looking at the table now, Leeds on plus 10 are in quite a good position compared mm. to a lot of teams around the playoff positions, because a lot of sort of four to six to two. Yeah, you know, yeah. There's not a lot of big goal differences this year. Do you think that's something that sort of gives Leeds an advantage going into the second half of the season? I think it's going to be a key area, Jake. Yeah, it's, um, I think goal difference is going to play a big part in the playoff positions. And it's not like us to be in a positive position, because usually we're about minus six or seven most of uh, most of the season but so it's a, a real turnaround for us to be in such a good uh, positive um, goal difference um, of plus 10 so yeah I think it could be a key area I think uh, it was important that we got a few goals against Rotherham yesterday to get the goal difference up a bit more but um, what I think we need now really is somebody in the transfer window to take the pressure off of, of Chris Wood a little bit, um, get a few more goals up front. But it's, it's getting that right striker to blend in with the team formation at the moment, really. And uh, Gary Monk likes to play with one up front. So it's going to be difficult to get anybody else in, really, that... Uh, who's, you know, you're going to say to him, really, do you mind sitting on the bench and being Chris Wood's uh, <laughs> number two, but I don't think there's going to be a lot of players available who are going to agree to that. So you're looking at maybe somebody like um, maybe Fletcher at uh, West Ham, who was not getting much game time at West Ham. He might like an opportunity to uh, see what he can do at Leeds, maybe. So it, I think it's important we get a, a key striker in between now and the end of the season and maybe another centre-half to compensate for the fact that we've only got three fit centre-halves in Cooper, Janssen and um, Barley. So, yeah, it's going to be a key month all round, I think, for Leeds this this month. And moving on to you now, Jevons. Obviously, two back-to-back wins for QPR. Slightly improved your position in the table and sort of eased those relegation fears that you may have had at the start of the week. What are your thoughts on QPR now? Yeah, I mean, boy, were they really needed. Um, I mean, we'd lost six six in a row and we were really really looking short of confidence and you just weren't sure where the goals were coming from but um that's the third season in a row that we've got a really important away win at Wolves and um you know I don't know hopefully you'd like to think that the corner's starting starting to turn uh Holloway had a couple of random kind of um lineups but I gave a debut to Ryan Manning um a young a kind of a youth player we signed a couple of years ago it was t- look it was being chased by a couple of Premier League clubs but opted for QPR because he was promised game time he played really well and then a winger that we've got on loan from um Ver- Hellas Verona Pavel Szolek Polish guy uh he scored the winner uh, against Wolves and also scored the winner yesterday uh, in, in yesterday's game against 
against Ipswich, which was a funny one because I've seen us play better and lose. Um, and Tom Lawrence scored an absolute belter of a goal um, to, to level it up. But um, but after they after they scored, they didn't really. They're in charge, but they didn't look like they might score. And then um, Scholek went round the keeper, which is always a lovely goal to see, which you don't see that often. And yeah, six points unbeaten in 2017. Uh, things are things are looking was that the commentary of the day as well Jevons when the guy said surprise surprise it's Silla are you too yeah you remember that no no I certainly <laughs> I certainly remember Silla Black don't you worry um <laughs> and uh it was it was a great finish it's a shame yeah I think he got a bit of concussion afterwards but he scored five or six goals for us now and it's definitely I don't know if he's a 20-goal-a-season guy, but he is our best natural finisher that mm. we've got. Um, but obviously, he got injured about five, ten minutes after that, um, which is classic <laughs> classic luck, really. Yeah, I just want to ask you about, is it Charon Cherry, the, uh, the guy who's going off to China, as everybody is now? You don't talk about specific clubs, you talk about going off to China, but he seems to be the latest one that has gone. From when I've watched him a lot in the Dutch League and, and, and glimpses for QPR, I've been quite impressed impressed by him but do you think that's going to be a blow for you or do you think it's a good thing that he is leaving you know when sometimes you think that you're always in the minority um with with cherry i never quite got it um and we've had qpr i've had a history of trying to of having you know talismanic number tens as it were and the the most recent one was Adel Tarapt and Warnock built a team around Tarapt and it performed brilliantly um Hasselbank tried to build a team around Cherry and Cherry they're just then their leagues apart um he might do better in a in a team with better players um because I've heard they're also Wolves are rumoured to have made a bid and Villa might be interested but I think Cherry's coming up to you know he's 29 this year I reckon he will go abroad um he's Good at the odd set piece, but for me, for me, it's it's, it's no it's no great loss. Uh, we've won the two games about him being involved, and um, it's hard when you build a player around a team, and if they're not on fire, then you know then you're struggling. Um, so I, I won't be sad to see to see him go really. So we're going to move on to Newcastle now. Who? Obviously, unlike you, are not unbeaten in 2017 after yesterday, which is it's kind of disappointing. But uh, it's quite usual for Newcastle over the Christmas period to struggle. Uh, and that has happened again. I think we've lost four of our last eight league games, which is a little bit concerning. Um, we dropped uh, two points behind Brighton, who have a game in hand over us, so they can increase that further. I think Reading could, could cut the gap to three. So, you know, it, it's a mini crisis at St. James's Park. But it's not as bad as a lot of people would, would have you to believe. Uh, against Nottingham Forest, we weren't great. Um, we were 1-0 until then a man sent off, which was kind of ironic after what happened at the city ground earlier in the season. Uh, and then we went on and won that. We weren't great that day, but you know we got the job done. We got the points. And we thought that going on to Blackburn, it was a game that, like Nottingham Forest, they'd beaten us previously. And, and there was a bit something to gain from it from our perspective. But... It was just one of those games. Um, if you looked at the stats at halftime that were going around on Twitter, I didn't think they made a foul. They didn't have a shot. They didn't have a corner. They'd only had 23% possession. And it sort of continued like that in the second half. But we, we didn't take our chances. Their goalie was very good. Uh, despite the amount of possession we had, we still didn't create too many good chances, which was disappointing. And then the one chance they have from a set piece, they, they put it in. And the moment that went in, our players looked shell-shocked. They, they didn't react at all. We didn't look, we couldn't have scored if we were still playing now. After that goal went in, it was, it was pretty bad after that. And, it, you know, back-to-back defeats to um, Black, uh, Blackburn this season. You know, they're in the relegation zone. They're not doing well. They've got there, Owen there Coyle. There were a couple of incidents, though, Jake. Wasn't, was, they had two goals disallowed or something as well. Yeah, two goals disallowed, but they were both <laughs> rightly disallowed. So I'm not going to yeah. complain too much about that. They, they, right. You know, so the first one was a, an offside where Dwight Gale was a yard or two offside. And the second one was a handball, which, you know, sometimes you get away with them. But if they if they penalise you for it, it's, it's fair enough. We, we got to accept that. We should have won the game. I agree with Benitez, nine times out of ten, we would have won that game, but we didn't, and, and we move on. There's seven defeats in the league now, which is a little bit concerning. Uh, a lot of fans are saying, seven defeats, that's not good enough, that's not promotion form. But just look at the table. Like We've won 17 games more than anybody, any other team in the country. 
we we have lost a few, but we're not drawing many. It's two two defeat, two wins and, and a loss is better than a, a win and two draws. You know, you, you got to think about like like that. We we've got points on the board. Um, Mark Douglas, who, who's a local journal around Newcastle, tweeted earlier that only seven teams in the last 16 years have had more points after 25 games in the championship than Newcastle. Six of them won the championship and the other went up in second, Middlesbrough. So, you know, there's nothing to panic about too much. We're, we're still doing all right. It was just one of those games. I'm sure we're going to move on. It wasn't like it wasn't a game where you've got to be concerned about the performance because we were still, you know, very good. We should have won the game. But it was, it was just a little bit annoying. And it, it, it's even more annoying that Brighton are going to move further ahead of us but they're having an incredible season and I don't think anyone would disagree that they deserve to be top at the moment they've been very very good so you know we'll move on we've got the transfer window which we need to do business because we've got quite a few players going to the African Cup of Nations we've got John Joe Shelby still suspended for two games uh, we've got Modi Arme going off so we've got a few problems in centre midfield but yeah, I'm sure we'll be all right. It's just one of those games, you know, we're going to move on. We're still in the top top two. I still think we're going to finish in the top two. I still think we're going to win the league, if I'm honest. I'm, I'm not too worried, but, you know, it was, it, was, it was annoying on the day. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Yeah, we move on to the topics for today. <laughs> yeah, for the first episode of 2017, I thought we would talk about the league table and your predictions for promotion, the playoffs and relegation. We haven't done it for a few weeks, so before we check in and, and see how they're going, we'll start with uh, you, James. Uh, who do you think are going to go up and, and playoffs and things like that? Uh, well, as I said a few weeks ago, I can't really look past, obviously, Brighton and Newcastle as top two. Um, they're starting to pull away now, and even in Newcastle, I've lost a couple of games they are sort of more consistent than most other teams in the league. So I can't see past Brighton and Newcastle for top two. As for third, you know, Leeds are flying at the moment. Um, I can see, I say third, winning the playoffs. I can see them doing really well, um, keeping it up. Really rate Monk as a manager and think he was unlucky to leave Swansea. And you only have to look at the trouble they're in now to see sort of what a good job he was doing there. And he's really found his feet at Leeds after sort of a rough start. Um, and he's got them flying. As for, there's always seems to be a team or two that challenge for the playoffs late on. Obviously, from a personal point of view, I hope that's Preston this year. But teams like Derby, you know, they've been in and around the playoffs for sort of the past three or four seasons. And surely they're due at least a good run in the playoffs. So that'd be the sort of the teams going for the playoffs that I'd go for. As for relegation, again, same as a few weeks ago, I think Rotherham, they're already cut adrift now. I think we can sort of more or less say that they're going to go. Um, but apart from that, I'd probably stick with the two that I said as well. Um, Wigan, even though they uh, have picked up a few points recently, I just don't think they have enough experience in this league and an out-and-out finisher that's going to sort of turn games for them, kind of what we're missing at the moment. Uh, and the other team that I think are in a bit of trouble, even though, as you said, they beat Newcastle yesterday at Blackburn, um, I think there's that much sort of on and off the pitch with them that in a way, even though they're one of our big rivals, it'd almost do them good to go down, sort of clear out the players that they need to, kind of like we did a few years ago, went down and had a few seasons in League One and we've come back almost a different club now. We got rid of the overpaid and sort of high wage earners, cleared it out and almost started again like a refresh. So. In a way, I think that would be looking where Blackburn are at the moment with their owners and things like that. It would almost be a blessing in disguise for them. So I think they're the teams that I'd go for for uh, going down. Yeah, Kevin, Kevin and, and Jevons, if you want to just come in and, and just yeah. tell your views, we'll just have an open discussion <clears throat> on this. I think the top six looks fairly established at the moment. But like um, James said, um, there's always a team outside the playoffs that comes through with a late run. Derby, obviously they got well beat yesterday by Norwich. 
they could be the side. But then again, Norwich might uh, have their season transformed and don't discount Barnsley either. You know, they're sort of the dark horse of the top 10 at the moment. They seem to be on a good run. And there's obviously Fulham, who've, um, one of the best teams to Played at Elm Road for me this season by far. The really that's good. that's who I'd go for Fulham yeah. as kind of a team to push. Uh, we've yeah. we've spoke previously about um, yeah. Kearney like attacking wise. Mm. I mean they the the fact their the, their youth is on their side in one yeah. way, but it lets them down a bit defensively. But we're very unlucky I've, against Brighton yesterday. I thought yeah they should have been they should have won that game fairly comfortably really. They, yeah. Conceded really two goals were. in two minutes, yeah. And I think the other team is Villa. I mean, Villa have got the money, really, to get players in. They've got the parachute payments and everything. So they could come over the later on. So there's a few teams outside. And like James said, Preston might even be the dark horse as well that gets in there. There's quite a number of teams that you've got to think, yeah, they've got a chance. But... Um, Every time we seem to win, you look around and you find you see that Huddersfield and Reading have won again as well. Everybody seems to be fairly consistent in the top six at the moment. Obviously, to- totally, totally. It feels in a yeah. funny way. It almost mirrors a little bit the Premier League mm-hmm. perspective. There's a kind of a cluster at the top that are good. There's a cluster at the bottom, and then there's yeah. quite a few others scrapping. And personally, Huddersfield going up would be lovely to see because it would be refreshing. But Yap Sam has got got Reading on just playing decently yeah, and they've got yeah. pr- recent Premier League experience I kind of feel that they could just you know Stan looks like he knows what he's doing as well and um, they have a decent infrastructure there um, and it, them going up it doesn't seem that impossible and you feel like they might have a, a, an attempt at it um, but yeah there's there's a lot of teams to choose from. And and I think the top two, although Newcastle's last four games mirrors QPR's last four games, one, two, lost two. Uh, sorry, Jake. Um, you know, you can't really look past them them, them in Brighton, can you? You can't. Well, the, the points difference isn't massive now like it was, say, a few weeks ago. So they still have to keep on, this, keep on making, you know, good performances and getting good three points out of games as well. They've got to keep the consistency going. And I remember, I mean, Jake's probably too young to remember this, but I remember when Newcastle were 12 points clear at the top of the Premiership. Yeah. They were were looking dead certs for for the Championship. Then Kevin Keegan had his blowout at uh, Ellen Road when he didn't think Leeds were competitive enough like they were against Newcastle, like they should have been against Man United. And he threw one of his wobblies. He would love it. He would love it. (laughs) Newcastle were odds on to win the Championship that season. And he got Asprey in, I think, as well. You know, the striker that sort of ruined the formation of the of the team, and everything just went pear shaped. So what I'm saying is, even though things look clear cut at a certain part of the season, it doesn't always work out that way. Things can sort of happen in a season to sort of uh, derail your your sort of ambitions. So never say never to um, somebody coming in to spoil the Brighton Newcastle party at the, in the top two. That's what I'm saying. I, I agree to that to some extent, but uh, I, I can point to a, several stats why, or several sort of things that I've seen from Newcastle why I think that this sort of bl- the losses that we've had are maybe not reflective of, of what they should be. Both Blackburn games, I think you could argue that Newcastle should have won both of those games. The Nottingham Forest game where we lost three points was purely down to the referee. It wasn't down to, to, to performances. If, if we'd have kept even 10 men on the pitch, I think we would have got at least a point, if not three. Uh, we lost two of our seven in our first two matches. So if you think mm-hmm. since then, there's only been five losses. Uh, you know, it, it's concerning the recent run, but at the same time, I can't see it continuing too much. Every time Newcastle do lose, it's still a shock. It's not like when it was with Norwich, when they kept losing, everyone was like, oh, Norwich are in a bad run. Newcastle are playing well. It's, it's still, yeah. uh, and we've got players to come back in, <laughs> and we're going to strengthen again this, this, in, this, in this window. So I'm not overly concerned. I, I mean, it's a concern. I, I could see it happening. I could see another team overtaking Newcastle it's not impossible but I also don't think it's overly likely either yeah. I'd like to cool. talk about uh Reading because uh, yeah 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 well, I said, I, I'm, I said, I'm not convinced uh, by them I'm no, really said, not convinced I, by I them I said Fulham were the best team to come to Allen Road I think Reading even though they're having a they're having a great season you can't knock Chap Sam at all he's doing a fantastic job I think they were one of the worst teams I've seen at Allen Road so all they did was pass the ball between the back four for about 60, 70 minutes of that game, which was absolutely ridiculous. And they weren't even trying to create a chance. 
And I couldn't believe the, the sort of way they were playing. You know, he said seventy-six, it's about seventy percent possession at the end of the game. But that, that's because they were just passing it between the back four <laughs> for the whole of the game, even when they were one nil down. And they only they only started playing uh, in the last sort of five minutes, and then we sort of went on the counter attack, got a penalty, and made it two nil, and that was game over. But I mean, I mean, obviously he's doing something right because they're having a fantastic season. So maybe that was just one of the games where. You know, I don't have to do that in every away performance. But I, when when they when they played at Loftus Road, um, yeah, uh, they they did retain the ball a lot. I mean, mm. we were playing very poorly at that time, but they did yeah. the same. I think Stan might be a big difference there, though. I, yeah. I, I mean, you, you get the impression that you think he's going to be um he's going to be quite a good manager. Famous mm. last words, but um, <laughs> I, and and he he might be the difference because you know, I mean, obviously, I mean Warnock. Is a, is a divisive figure, but and has never quite made it at the top level. But and surprisingly, he's doing poorly with Cardiff. But there's some 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 managers seem to just excel in a division, mm-hmm. and you get the impression that Stam might get a, an average team to perform better in the championship. I, my thing with Reading, uh, I don't know how big people are on expected goals. They're coming into the, on Twitter a lot. And I, I saw something yesterday from the person who tweets out the expected goals of Football League fixtures every every game week. And Reading, uh, as the fourth worst in the league for expected goals. So an expected goal is they rate every shot based on its quality and, and they give it a rating sort of. So if you have a shot from outside the area for quite a long way, it would sort of be a, a, a naught point you know, one not expected goals because it rarely goes in. And they, they sort of apply a quality to the chance created. And Reading have the fourth worst in the division. It's not like they're one of, the, it's not like they're a mid-table. They're the fourth worst out of all the championship clubs. So I think they're getting a lot of luck, a lot of penalties, and I can see them falling down the table. I, I'm really not convinced by them. I can't <laughs> believe how they're third. They they might do, they might do. But what I, I'm, I'm when QPR um, got six for the playoff, um, a few years ago with Zamora, we had a lot of one nil wins that season, that 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 time. In fact, Rob Green, who I've never been a big fan of, uh, kept a record nine clean sheets in a row, and most of that was a binary result. And just sometimes teams, if they can squeak out a win in this division, it's such mm. a, it's such squeaking out a win in the championships, like kind of about feels like it's about thirty three percent of the games, all games. Just going back to the uh, the teams that are going down as well. I think I think Rotherham are doomed. Obviously, I think Wigan are, are too far behind. But I think Forest, you know, they're, they're in a bit of a mess at the moment. They can't buy anybody in the transfer window. They seem to be imploding a little bit. I think they could be in danger if 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 they're not careful of uh, being in the bottom three as well at the end of the season. The way things are going, I know they're one of these big clubs that shouldn't go down to League One, but obviously it happens. It's happened to us. Um, if they're not careful, they, they could be marooned in the bottom three in a, by the, by February March if they don't get the get the rat together in the next sort of few games. So and I don't be surprised if they get uh, you know struggle a little bit this season as well. Another team's Bristol City. They they've lost nine mm. of their last ten matches. Like they're they're in yeah, yeah. They're, yeah, yeah. they're falling quickly. They've lost their last six. It's very concerning. But, I mean, the advantage for them, they have goal scorers. They have Tammy Abraham. They have yeah. creative players like Tomlin and Freeman. I'm sure they're going to be okay, but it's well, a little bit concerning. They're sort 2 nil up against Reading and they lose it. That is absolutely deflating, is that is that, that performance? I yeah, think that was in the last 20 minutes as well. Yeah, exactly, All three goals yeah. went in as well. Yeah. So, once you start getting into that habit. <laughs> exactly, yeah. You're right. Yeah, so just before we move on, if you, if you want to sort of give your prediction for for the top six and the bottom three, and then we'll. Um, James, yeah, you're first, I think. I'm yeah, just... go on. I uh, I didn't want to cut you off. I reckon, yeah, top three as it stands. I think Newcastle will win the league. I think they've got that much quality, and they have obviously Brighton are challenging them at the moment. I think Newcastle have got the funds to go out and and buy in January if they need to. Um, so I'd go top three, Newcastle, Brighton, and then I think Leeds. I can't look past them at the moment. I think the other three in the playoffs, I think Huddersfield will be in there. I think Sheffield Wednesday will be in there. And then having a look down the table, I can see it being Fulham. I can see it being Villa. I think it's a bit sort of too sort of hard to call. Maybe Derby or Barnsley or even Norwich. I think the top 12 at the moment, looking at it, could you could make a case for any of them in the the top 12 getting that third or that uh, last playoff spot. 
I think as for the bottom three, I think Wigan and Rotherham, bottom two. Uh, I think Rotherham will finish bottom and Wigan second bottom as it stands at the moment. And then again, you can choose any one of them three above them then, Blackburn, Burton or Nottingham Forest. I can't see Cardiff or Bristol City going down. I think they've got too much quality to go down. Maybe Burton, they started off the season well and they, they seem to be struggling now with the sort of the intensity of the league after they got off to a good start. So maybe they'd be one to consider as well. Yeah, I agree with most of that, really. I think you can't look beyond Brighton and Newcastle because it's got fantastic goal differences as well. It's going to be hard to push them off the top two, really. But you can perm the next sort of four teams from the right down to Villa. Uh, it's going to be a real, you know, sh- shove to see who gets into the top six. Hopefully Leeds will be involved as well. Great to see Huddersfield and Sheffield Wednesday amongst the top six as well for the Yorkshire flags, as it were. Uh, Rotherham Wigan, definitely down, I think. And it's having everybody between Forest, Burton, Blackburn. Uh, I think the others, Bristol City, could, if they don't get their act together as well, could be involved in it uh, out of those teams, I think, really. But, uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah, completely agree with um, what everyone said so far with regards to kind of the, the, the top six. There's so many people. I, 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 I think Brighton, just because they've, been there a little bit more. They, they they could pip Newcastle to it. That's not me just trying to wind you up, Jake. Um, just because I mean <laughs> that was seven losses in seventy one matches or something. Yeah, like that's unbelievable. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. You yeah. know, Chris, how Chris Hutton hasn't been given another chance in the Premier League is mad. Um, and then yeah, I think quite a lot of the Yorkshire teams will be in the playoffs. Uh, Relegation wise, if you'd asked me a week ago, I would have considered us. Um, and ooh, I, I mean, who knows a QPR? We are we are ropey. We are not an accumulator. We're we're we're, we're an acabuster. Um, but I would I would say Wigan and Rotherham, despite the fact that Rotherham beat QPR, um, and then <laughs> Owen Coyle's got previous. And you know, although although you feel that you'd just be surprised if Blackburn went down, but the ownership thing. So maybe them or maybe Burton, just because they might just not have enough quality in their squad. Uh, I would actually just narrow it down to them. I think Bristol will be fine yeah. because of Tammy Abraham um, and Forrest have Asamba longer as well. Something that kind of, you know, Burton and, and Blackburn now, they don't really have. And moving into the second topic for today, I just want to quickly talk about uh, what your club need to do in the transfer window. As that's obviously open right now. And do you expect them to do it? We'll start with you, James. Um, I've seen Preston have been linked with quite a lot sort of in and out. I saw Charlie White, the Carlisle striker, was linked. I saw Bailey Wright has been linked with Bristol City. So what are your thoughts on both of those stories and anything else you expect Preston to do? Yeah, it's been strange for us so far. We've uh, actually got three players in already who we signed more or less like on pre-contracts before January. Um, so we've had the two Dundalt lads, um, Andy Boyle and Daryl Horgan. Horgan especially um, seems to be just what we're missing at the moment, sort of a really good attacking player going forwards. We've got McGeady, but he seems to be a bit injury prone. When he does play, he's absolutely fantastic, but it's just getting that consistent run of games out of him. So I think he'll be a good addition. As you said, Bailey Wright, I think he will leave. He came over to the fans yesterday, giving all the telltale signs of a player who more or less knows they've played the last game for the club. He was sort of the last one there, thanking the fans, giving it the badge pat and things like that. Um, It'd be disappointing to see him go, especially to Bristol City, which I'd consider more of a, a sideways move than anything. I could understand if he was getting, you know, offers from established top half championship teams or maybe like even the Premier League I think he's good enough to one day play in the Premier League um, but it just seems almost like a sideways step at the moment um, I'm not sure if they can offer him more money or what the reasons are but it'd be sad to see him go even though he's Australian we signed him when I think he was 15-16 and he's more or less come through the ranks with us um, seems like a really down to earth lad as well so yeah it'd be a shame to see him go I think other incomings, Charlie White's been mentioned. I don't know too much about him, but from what I've sort of read, he seems to be like a physical striker. I wouldn't say that's a position we really need, sort of a physical striker. Um, we've got Jordan Hugill and Simon Mackinock who fill that role perfectly. Um, I do think we need a goal-scoring striker, though. Beckford has 
had his suspension problems this season. He's now into his second sort of suspension, um, which is a four-game ban, um, having been sent off the game he came back from a three-game ban for fighting Owen Doyle. So I can't really see him playing for us again this season, whether or not Grayson had trusted him to, to go back into the squad. Um, one name that always seems to get linked with, and it's it's almost become a bit of a joke now, is David Nugent, with uh, rumours of Middlesbrough looking to sign Rudy Gisted. It would sort of make sense. It, it's been linked sort of a little bit over the last few weeks for him to come back. And that is the kind of player that we're crying out for, a proven championship goal scorer. He's always said that one day he'd like to come back to Preston and all the fans still love him, which I think is why there's so much sort of buzz every time his name gets brought up in a newspaper. Um, but yeah, apart from that, we've we've got Boylan, who's going to replace probably right when he does leave. So yeah, it's just that just that missing piece going forward, really. Just that, that striker who can turn games when you're not, playing well or taking your chances like the Sheffield Wednesday game last week and just get us a goal out of nowhere or you know put one of those chances away that we're creating so if we get a striker in I'd, I'd be absolutely delighted yeah the David Nugent sounds a lot like Andy Carroll he gets linked with Newcastle every single window and it's so tiresome because it's never going to happen but it sounds very similar to that yeah but, uh, it's exactly the same yeah <laughs> we'll move on to you now Jevons QPR obviously get, should get a few million in for Cherry if he does leave do you think that that's going to be reinvested and do you think Holloway will sort of make some moves in the transfer market yeah I think um I think he will um obviously Cherry's requested and apparently you know uh, some some team in the Chinese league of um have expressed an interest so he'll get his big money move and everyone will be happy and I also kind of just read not too long ago that um QPR might give Sandro a free transfer um which would be great news to get him off the wage bill he's on a reported when he plays appearance wise he gets 20 odd grand which is crazy for a club of our stature uh, and kind of the last kind of knockings of that kind of previous time i also i, I also wouldn't be surprised to see Kolka go um who's really not featured since holloway's come back um come back in charge and um what i wouldn't want to see happen and i fear it might is our keeper alex smithies i honestly think that that guy is already the, got the potential to play in the premier league um he finally didn't save a penalty for qpr i think he'd face six pens and he'd saved five of them um he's on he's kind of gone under the radar a little bit but he's been our player of the season um in terms of what we need to get in um We've needed a right back for about five transfer windows, so that would be nice. And I think we just we just need a couple more attacking options. Uh, it's the class, classic issue. Everyone wants someone that's going to score 15 to 20 goals. But uh, I've heard that Ian Holloway is looking at his old club, Bristol Rose, and looking at, um, looking at Matt Taylor. Um, he scored a lot of goals in the lower leagues. And I, I'm all for giving somebody in the lower leagues a go because that's sort of where QPR are operating these days. That's an interesting one for me because I know he's a very good player. He, he's definitely a player that could step up to the championship and do very well. So if, if you manage to get him, that would be a, a very good sign. Yeah, totally. And also the thing is, um, the last strike that we spent some money on, nearly three million, Connor Washington, who I personally, I like. But he is not a striker. He's he's an outside forward. He's a winger, um, and he's barely scored for us in the year that he's that he's been here. I do expect a classic QPR window of a lot of movement. But if we could get um, if we could get Taylor in, um, that that could that could be something quite special because you you, you need quality additions. You don't need numbers, and QPR have so often just gone with big names and numbers. So if we can chip out four or five and get one or two in in the areas that we need, then it will be good business. Just uh, looking at Newcastle now, I, I think we're probably going to make some moves. Uh, and, and the players that I'm going to talk about may maybe are not classic championship names, but we're, we're looking at for those players that can make the step up to the Premier League if we make it. So uh, we're looking at, going to look for another sort of Shelby-like player, somebody to add creativity to our centre midfield. Tom Cleverley, we've currently got a bid in on him. I, I, I think this one looks pretty likely from all accounts. Everton want to want to let him go. We want to loan him in with a view to a permanent if promoted. So it, it sort of looks like one that is going to happen. I, I, he's not 
you know, a, the greatest Premier League player, but he's certainly more than good enough for the championship. And he, he does have some ability. He's, he's played a number of times for England. He's a very good player. So if he came to Newcastle, I'm sure he'd do a good job and sort of help us get where we want to be. He might not be a, a long-term signing, maybe five years' time. Uh, you know, he's not going to be still around then, but he, he'll do a job and sort of take us up to a level where we want to be. Fabian Delph and Ruben Loftus-Cheek have also been mentioned. So they're sort of type of players we're looking for in centre midfield I sort of expect us to sign a winger as well uh, somebody more dynamic than Richie because Richie can be a bit predictable at times uh, the same could be said of Yoan Gufran so I, I sort of expect us to sign a winger and there's a possibility we signed another striker um, Alexander Mitrovic wasn't involved in the squad yesterday he's been linked with a move away for, for since I can remember he keeps getting touted around which obviously means something uh, that from what I can see it's more than likely that he stays but it's not out of the question that he does leave so that'll be interesting we've been linked with Callum Wilson who'd be a good signing pretty similar to Dwight Gale but you know he'd be able to do he'd be good competition uh, also, Scott Hogan was linked, but that one looks like it's not going to happen. So it looks like we're going to sign a few players, mainly attacking players, which I think we need to sort of add another dimension because we are a little bit predictable at times. So it'd be interesting to see who does come in. Um, but yeah, just moving on to player watch quickly. Um, just want to ask each of you which player impressed and disappointed in your club's most recent fixture. We'll start with you, James, with Preston's win over Burton. Yeah, as I said earlier, it wasn't really our best performance of the season, but I thought Tom Clark stood out well. He's a centre-back um, who was playing right-back yesterday and he popped up with a goal. Uh, he made a great late run into the box that Burton's back line just seemed to not even pick him up. Uh, they all sort of stood there with their hands up, claiming offside against, I think it was Mackinock, and Clark just came around the back and uh, dinks it around the keeper into the, to the goal. He's got a bit of stick from fans in the last few weeks, especially after the Leeds game. I think he was at fault for two or three of the goals. Um, he's the club captain, so it's a bit doesn't sit well with me when people give him a, a bit of abuse over Twitter. At the end of the day, he goes out on the pitch to do as, as best as he can. And yeah, with him being the club captain, it, it sort of doesn't look good if our, our fans are on Twitter arguing with opposition fans after and uh, pointing the finger of blame at him. So it was nice for him to get the goal yesterday and I thought he was by far our best defender. Uh, he kept Lloyd Dyer on the wing quiet, which, you know, is is probably Burton's main attacking main attacking force down that left hand side. So delighted for him yesterday. Um Ben Pearson played well again and uh having been a booking away from missing the Arsenal match every time he went diving into a tackle like he does I think everyone in the stand behind the goal in the Preston end sort of held their breath a little. So it was good for him to get through that game without picking up another booking because he would have been a, a huge loss. He sort of really gets us going in midfield and he's not afraid to, to throw himself about, which I think we'll need against Arsenal at the weekend to really sort of unsettle their sort of technical players. Um, so, yeah, Tom Clark for me. Yeah, same question to you, Jevons, but this time talking about QPR's win over Ipswich. Um, yeah, so I wouldn't say, uh, no one hugely disappointed, actually, which happens rarely. I'd say that maybe um, our Polish midfielder, Ariel Borisiuk, had a slightly iffy game, and, and he, he got subbed, and it was sort of wise. It just He just wasn't quite at the races. Um, in terms of who put in a good performance, there were several that um, I, I thought I thought Perch... I thought Perch played pretty well. Um, Ryan Manning again in his second game. And Jamie Mackey, you've been out for about eight months and has just done two 90-minute games in, in 48 hours. is ridiculously impressive. And what he, what he lacks in technique, he makes up in absolute graft. Um, but the standout performer personally was Pavel Jolek, um, the winger uh, who we've got on loan from Verona. I think he's the only loanee that we've got at the moment. I, I would really like us to sign him. He just looks solid, consistent, dependable, has a trick, gets stuck in. And in the last couple of games, he scored for us. And it, it was a really nice, tidy finish and, um, for the goal. And his first touch from the long ball, which set him up to take it round, to take it round the Ipswich keeper, was was re real quality. Um, so uh, Pavel Jolek definitely um, stands out. Yeah, for Newcastle, it is sort of a difficult one. Um, 
nobody exceedingly played well or disappointed individually. It was sort of a, a and again, it was sort of a team effort. It's the way Benitez likes. If I had to pick anyone that sort of impressed, I guess I would go for. Paul Dummett was good. He didn't do anything wrong. He, he offered more threat than he normally does down the left. Uh, was tidy in possession. Did, did everything he had to do defensively. So he sort of impressed. Uh, and, and the player that is getting a lot of stick on Newcastle Twitter at the moment is Jack Colback. He gave away the foul for the for the first uh, for the Blackburn goal. He wasn't great in possession. He, he doesn't have the dynamism that that Shelby has he can't really play forward passes as well and it's been a weird one because he was so good when he joined Newcastle he, he was very good in his first season so I've got box to box scored a few goals so it's, it's been a weird one with him I thought stepping down on the division would help him but he, he sort of it's, it's getting worse so I'm not sure if he has a long-term future at the club but you know it's difficult to know why why he hasn't been playing well um could be a confidence it could could be lack of football not not getting in the team every week it could could be something personal you know you never know so I I, I don't want to criticize him too much because you don't know what's going on behind the scenes but he he's the one that has been sort of getting criticized by most Newcastle fans all right moving into match previews now we'll start with uh Cambridge and Leeds if uh Kevin what are your thoughts on this one uh well obviously it should be should be a definite Leeds victory, but as we know, the FA Cup throws up these funny stories. Sean Derry is Cambridge United's manager, one of our old players. Uh, very likeable lad at Leeds. Everybody liked him when he played for Leeds, but hopefully there'll be no complete shocks. We won't be fielding a, a full-strength team, I'm sure. It's going to be uh, the, the lads haven't been playing regularly, but I think we should have enough to get through to the fourth round, and that'll put us in good heart for Friday, the 13th against Derby, when the first team will be back in action, hopefully, and uh, onwards and upwards from there with a bit of luck. Uh, what are your thoughts on Arsenal and, and the game that will be? Obviously, a big game for Preston and one that you can turn up and show what you could do against the Premier League team. How do you see that one going? Yeah, obviously, it's it's a hard one to to sort of say, oh, yeah, we're going to come out and I'm sort of confident we'll go through. At the end of the day, it's Arsenal. But sort of if I could have chosen any sort of top half Premier League team, you know, Arsenal, like I think it was last season or the season before, got a battering at Sheffield Wednesday and I think it was the FA or League Cup. Um, so they do obviously sort of like to rest a few players. So I think Ozil probably won't play with him been out in um, with sickness for the last couple of weeks. I can't see Wenger throwing him back in. Um, I think they'd be foolish to, to play Sanchez. I think so much hinges on him this season for them. Um that hopefully, yeah, they they rest a few players and sort of go with the uh, the fringe players. So you never know, especially with it being the FA Cup. We're quite a young physical side, so we'll get about the park and we're not afraid to put a tackle in. Um, which I think Arsenal, especially, have been criticised over the last few years. Have been a bit soft, especially in the midfield. Um, hopefully, uh, I'd like to see Jacker play. I think him against Pearson would be a great battle. They're both sort of similar players not afraid to get stuck in. So that'd be a good one to see. Um, but yeah, it's, it's almost like a, a win-win for us. We've got nothing to lose. Um, no one expects us to win. And at the end of the day, if we can force a replay at the Emirates, um, which would probably be in the next week or so, especially while the transfer window's open, that frees up a bit of money to maybe then go for sort of a player like Nugent or sign someone of that real quality that can make a difference for the rest of the season if not you know we get the tv money in so really can't complain um really looking forward to the game um and it should be a fantastic watch uh whichever way it does go it's uh it's sort of set up really nicely to be you know a proper proper old-fashioned fa cup tie yeah, Je- uh, Jevons, you've got a, a home match against Blackburn, which I, I, I don't know what your thoughts are on the FA Cup this season, whether it's going to be a distraction or something that you don't really want to be in. How do you see that one going? Well, um, the FA Cup and Queen's Park Rangers are two things that uh, I don't have a lot of association, really. Uh, <laughs> from t- I think I read this. From 2001 until 2012, QPR played 16 matches in the FA Cup and didn't progress further than the round that they came into it. Um, and that sort of sums up how we are in the FA Cup. Absolutely shocking. We're pretty bad in the League Cup as well. Um, so despite the fact that Blackburn are having a really bad season, uh, are below us in in, in the in the league, um, 
every, every every kind of sinew of kind of experience of seeing QPR. I don't think they've progressed to the fifth round in the FA Cup since 1996 or 1997. I, you know, it'd be nice to say that we could go on a run and maybe this year, like this this time round, it would be slightly different. But everything for me has got a squeaky uh, Blackburn win written written all over it and obviously the we're getting the boost for uh, them beating kind of you know a top of the table team uh just last weekend it does does help them although we've won two on the bounce um I, i'm i'm not hugely confident but that's from bitter experience unfortunately and newcastle are facing a trip to birmingham city which you know it doesn't look too scary on the face of it but I, I don't know how seriously we would take the FA Cup, especially as you know we've got a lot of players going to the African Cup of Nations. And promotion has to be our main aim. That said, Birmingham are absolutely dreadful since they sacked Rowett, and, and that was always only going to go one way with Zola, and it is going that way quickly. So, so I think we're probably going to win this one purely because Birmingham are in an absolute mess, and, and I can't see them, you know, pulling out a performance to beat Newcastle under Zola. I just don't think the players really want to play for him. There's big problems there. And it's all self-made as well from the owner's decision. So I think I think we're probably going to win this one. I don't think we'll go that deep into the FA Cup. But, you know, you never know based on the draw you get. We went quite far in the FL Cup. Should still be in that competition, really. So maybe we will take it seriously. But, yeah, I think we'll, 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 we'll probably beat Birmingham. Uh, we won't need a replay either. I think we'll probably win there on Saturday and progress to the next round. But with that, we are now out of time. So if you'd like to tell people where they can reach you or any projects you're involved in, now would be a good time. Yeah, yeah, it's Kevin Markey, uh, Leeds United Mad website, Leeds United underscore Mad Twitter. Um, catch me on those uh, social media outlets. And um, yeah, um, hopefully we, uh, Leeds will move on to uh, a few good games that will take us into the playoffs at the end of the season. We'll see how it all goes. Yeah, so I, as I said earlier, I'm James Vickers. I write for a Preston North End fan blog, which is Tom Clark at the batpost.wordpress.com. You can find me on Twitter at underscore James Vickers, tweeting about Preston North End. So, yeah, give me a follow. Hi, and this this is James Evans, uh, Jimmy Evans on Twitter. Um, I've, I've also run We Are QPR TV, which is We Are QPR TV, comment WQPR TV on Twitter. I occasionally write for Shoot Magazine. I also occasionally write and have written for Indiars, an independent QPR uh, fan site. And you could get my Twitter at Jake Jackman with two N's. Uh, I write for EPL Index and the Boot Room. Uh, on the boot, uh, both sides, there'll be loads of transfer stuff going on with the Premier League and lower leagues as well. So check both of them out. I also write for Newcastle 360 on occasion. So check them out as well. Thanks to all you guys for coming on the podcast today. And thanks for all of you at home for listening. We hope you join us again soon. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.